welcome, 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 everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I'm joined as usual by my podcast partner, Jeff. Jeff, how are we doing this week? Yeah, boy. Flavo Flav, or is that easy? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> doing fine. We're recording a day early. So we're recording this on Wednesday the 27th. Dynamite went off the air about an hour ago. And here we are. We're doing And here thing. we are. We're all jazzed up because Dynamite really revved us up. And and I'm just kidding. I, I didn't even watch Dynamite. Well, you never do. But we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're as pumped up as that gigantic lump that grew under Serena Deeb's right eye. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I heard that was bad. Yeah. I well. That's, that's bad. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening. Um, we've got a, a a good show for you here. It's just Jeff and I, no guests this week. We're going to be talking about latest WWE stuff and AEW news um, and the Iconics. we got some impact. I know we got a lot of inspiration. In- oh, sorry. I forgot. That's how they identify now is they're the inspiration. Well, maybe not because, well, that's the news, right? Um, news. We... Um, we get a lot of uh, 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 fan mail saying, why don't you guys talk about uh, impact more often? I want to see more impact coverage. And I said, listen, it's a two and a half hour show. Most of the time. Well, 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 what do you think? We got three, three hours in us. This is ridiculous. Do you think we can do two hours and 37 minutes and cover impact? (laughs) That's right. Here we go. We're we're leading with impact. The inspiration. What, What about them? Is there is there something interesting about the inspiration? Did they learn to wrestle? No, let's move on. Just kidding. Um, before we get to the 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 inspiration and iconics, obviously we got to talk about WWE. We got you know you have a hot take this week. Cody Mania is over. We're going to talk about that. Asuka and Ali return. I've got a hot take on Ali. Ooh. Ezekiel in the main event. Randy Orton twentieth anniversary. Hashtag Bret- release Ali. <laughs> Bret Hart is back in WWE. Becky Lynch says the WWE has the best women's wrestling NXT coverage. AEW. We're going to talk about Dynamite that just went off the air. So lots to discuss here. But Jeff, like you said, we're going to jump with the biggest breaking news on our show, and that is you watched the Batman. I did. I watched the Batman. I am so glad that I watched it at home uh, because you could hit the pause button. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could watch it over more than one day, which by the way, that's the way I recommend it. I would recommend watching it. What? Yeah. I would recommend watching it like in three, one hour installments. So listen, to make a long story short, everyone knows I wanted to hate this movie. I really wanted to go in not liking it at all. And that's not what happened. I did like it, but it's just what everybody says. It was too goddamn long. Nope. So let me say this part. The first 45 minutes to an hour was great. I, I mean, I love the first 45 minutes or so. Um, I thought that was really excellent. Then it sort of meanders. It's never bad. There's a bunch of scenes that could be cut out entirely. It's just that it could have ended a bunch of times and it didn't. And some of the criticism is right. I mean, Batman's pretty bad at being a superhero. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the, the bad guy succeeds. I mean, so... <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I, I mean, it's, it's not as much that, right? Like, he's not a bad superhero, as much as like this is supposed to be like the coup de gras of 
he's the best detective, like the greatest detective in the world, like is Batman. Like the Riddler gives him everything. And like, he doesn't solve anything. Right. In fact, like that's that's my biggest criticism of the movie. I mean, even even the penguin, uh, you know, solved more than he did. He, he even joked. <laughs> he goes when he's talking to him and whatever it was Lieutenant Gordon at the time. He goes, "Well, you two world greatest detectives. None of you hablas español." I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, no, he he. I mean, but he was smart. He knew the answers to all the riddles, and and you know, it's not like he was dumb. But the Riddler was just smarter, <laughs> and I mean, yeah. and. Batman was basically doing the Riddler's bidding the whole time. And and even when the Riddler was telling him this, Batman was still like in denial instead of just, you know, being stoic and rolling with it. He he's like, No, I wasn't used by you. No, I wasn't your panty wipe. So I mean there's I mean but it it was, you know, it was a gumshoe detective crime noir movie, very dark, um, yeah. very tonal, very atmospheric. Um, there were things that I could have lived without, uh, regardless of the things that I could have lived without. The movie definitely could have lived with being about a half hour shorter, but it was good. It was definitely worth watching. But I, I would just probably recommend people that you either watch it in you know two hour and a half slots or as many as four forty five minute slots. But the the first hour is is really great, and also the the the, the woman who plays Catwoman, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. I, I guess she's. Lenny Kravitz's and Lisa Bonet's kid. That's um, right. I, this just might be a function of my age. I mean, she's she's a beautiful girl. She's tiny, but she just looks so young to me that I mean, like it was creepy. Like uh, I didn't, I didn't, I felt like 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 normally that's like on the CW and like I'm not watching shit like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> and and there she was the whole time. And I'm just like, I, I feel like I'm watching like a 15 year old. I'm just like, no, no. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't feel that way. In fact, there's the scene early on in the movie, and obviously, if you haven't watched the Batman, it's on HBO Max. And if you don't have HBO Max, I don't know, tough noogies. But we're gonna be talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's it's probably it's probably the only streaming service that's actually worth the money year round. I understand why people would feel the, the same way about Disney, especially if you have kids. Yeah, so we'll we're gonna get into it for like the next four minutes. So if you want to skip over the next four minutes, go right ahead. But spoiler. Uh, thank you, Jeff. That's see, that's what you got to do. Um, the this the first scene where they meet up in um the mayor's house, like that's a hot scene. Like when he throws her on the on the table, and then he like has to like hold her like to keep quiet when the other guy. So it's, it's very hot. And, and so I saw that she's four. Oh my god! Listen, she's not that young. She is Robert Pattinson's a young guy. It's not you as Batman. It's Robert Pattinson as Batman. I, I'm still the audience, and Robert Pattinson isn't that young. Robert Pattinson's probably 35. Oh my gosh! Come on, now. but and she's like 25. She's Since been Twilight was from the turn of the century, and he had but, and he was a teenager then. No, they never have teenagers playing teenagers. They have like 24 year olds playing teenagers. Shannon Doherty played a teenager. Shannon Doherty was in her late 20s. I don't know what you're talking about. Luke Perry was 29 when he played Dylan McKay. Ba so, so going back to the Batman, like I, I my own me on 90210. The other criticism that I have about Batman is like, there's times where like he's very emo. Oh, what are your thoughts on Batman journaling? He's a he he likes journaling. <laughs> <laughs> he he sure doesn't like sleeping. I mean, he, 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 he didn't sleep for a single second. Um, yeah, I. I 
I didn't like Bruce Wayne at all, but I didn't mind him of Batman, if that makes any sense. It does, um, yeah. Yeah, and Bruce Wayne, he was way too vulnerable and, and too moody. And with his lack of expression, like that anyone could figure out who he was just from his chin and his scowl, is, <laughs> it means that you have a whole city of like 8 million dotards there. Um, I was again, really... Dis- more detectives. I was really dis- disappointed with the whole like our story arc about him not trusting Alfred and the father. Did did he work for Carmine? Did he not? And it's it's like he's he's in he's in um, Alfred's uh, bedside, right? Because Alfred was a victim of uh, again spoiler alert. Like there's a bomb that goes off in the middle of the uh, the movie, and Alfred survives this. But, Sadly, but you know, Alf uh, Batman Bruce is trying to figure out whether Alfred. Um, is covering up for his dad and his dad. Is he really like as nefarious as the Riddler claims that he is? And so Alfred, he thinks that Alf, Bruce thinks Alfred's lying to him. And like, he's all like, that fucking guys fucking took a bomb for him. And he's all like, why didn't you tell me the truth? Like the one minute that the fucking guy comes out of his coma. He's he not just took a bomb from him. He raised him and taught him everything he knows. <laughs> and, and the guy just wakes up after being like in a coma for four days. And the first words he says is, you lied to me my entire life. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he, was, he was a total dick. I mean, it's a, a, a total dick. Um, but I didn't really mind that because it, it fits with the Batman character that he's basically a sociopath and, you know, because everything is his terms, his way or the highway. And you oh, would think oh. that you think yeah. that Alfred would know that by now. So he's probably used to the verbal abuse. Yeah. But I'm glad you liked it though. I'm, I'm glad uh, that you thought it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I, I, I was watching it again, actually this weekend and was like, wow, this is it's just so well done because you don't see you got to see like Christian Bale do some detective work in the dark night, but you know, like when he's like lifting the fingerprint off the bullet and doing some other stuff, trying to figure out. And by the way, folks, there's there's really no plot to this movie. I mean, it, it's the thinnest of plots. <laughs> there is, there is it, a plot. It, it's like the dark night, it's the dark night rises, it, it's the Joker. It's, I mean. It, it, they, they make you think that there's a deep plot by it being brooding, plotting, dark and uh, tonal and, and, you know, very atmospheric music and all that. And listen, it works. It's a superhero movie. It doesn't need the deepest of plot, but it it, it really is a silly plot. Uh, and the real villain isn't even the Riddler. Uh, it's the city. The city itself is is the villain. And Poor bats can never escape that. If he was smart, he would have left with Catwoman at the end. Spoiler, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> oh, no. oh my God. Well, but are yeah, you ex- it was are okay. you excited? It was are it was you excited good. for a sequel? Um, if they make it shorter, if they make it two hours and twenty-five minutes, I, I mean, sure. I mean, it it was good. I, you know, I'll give it that. It was good. I mean, but if like Batman doesn't get any smarter, um <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I can forgive that he did the, the flying squirrel monkey thing and, and you know, sort of fell off a bus onto a, a taxi and then was limping away. And like two seconds later, limp is all gone. He's doing karate fighting again. No no problem whatsoever. It's like AEW. Like, exactly. He no sells it. And then later on, he's got this like bright green, um, like steroid stuff, which, I mean, you know, 
maybe I was looking too deep. Adrenaline, for this judge, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has to be something to do with kryptonite, right? I don't. Oh, oh I don't know. I, I, I didn't look into it that way. I just thought, oh, he's shooting himself with adrenaline, like he's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, but it was bright green, and nothing else in the movie was bright anything. And well, I mean, every now and then, Catwoman had like pink on, but besides that, there, there was almost the movie was almost bereft of color. Period, and. Uh, and that was bright green. I I have to believe that that was that was kryptonite uh, induced or kryptonite laced uh, liquid shot. Wow, interesting. Which, is, which explains why, you know, he got up so quickly. I mean, adrenaline doesn't do that when you just took a shotgun. You know, why doesn't anyone just shoot him in the face? I mean, somehow his suit is is bulletproof and it's 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 weightless. Cool, I get it. Science, <laughs> technology, all that, but like. His face is there, and like there's people there very close. They could like you know, or machine guns, like nothing would hit him in the chin or the cheek or the nose or the mouth. It's because they're bad shots, just like every stormtrooper in a Star Wars movie. Like they're all bad shots. But they're hitting every other part of them. <laughs> but that that's all the bulletproof parts. Um, Jeff, let's move on. Let's talk about. I mean, en enough with this uh, movie review, right? I mean, people aren't here to talk about movie reviews. <laughs> Next week we'll talk about Moon Knight. This, uh, Still I haven't. It. You still, have, have you caught up with it? Yeah, I'm current. I've seen all five episodes. I'm, I'm okay, still... I haven't. I haven't seen today's episode. So Spoiler! Episode, shh, shh, no, 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 no. One thing is, you spoiling the audience. You can't spoil me. Please stop. Oh. Um, please, somebody rid me of this tiresome priest. Let's let's talk about uh, the iconics. Oh, right. Today, uh, breaking news, everybody. Your impact the inspiration. The the uh, impact has some news to release right after 9 a.m. And breaking news, the world of wrestling is in mourning because the inspiration, formerly known as the Iconics, Billy Kay and Cassie Lee, decide they are resigning effective immediately or stepping away from the ring. I, I don't really understand. Obviously, whatever their green card sponsorship is, they found a new sponsor other than the work sponsor for, for this. For this, so you think so? Like I was going to ask you about that because I know that you had a lot of concerns when they were released of who would sponsor them, or else they would get deported back to Australia. Um, where do you think they're making their money now? Um. I don't know. It, it, it's possible that it was some sort of relative adjustment or something else. I mean, we know that Cassie Lee is married to Sean Spears, who's a Canadian citizen. So as a permanent resident, he could sponsor her, but it's like extraordinarily low um, priority. But if they started it immediately, way back when, I mean, it, it, it could be, you know, 10 years or whatever. So maybe that happened. Um, maybe, could, maybe a podcast network sponsored them. Oh, what about could OnlyFans sponsor them? I don't think so. I think you enroll with OnlyFans. I mean, in essence, you work for OnlyFans. They get a cut of what you're doing. Um, do you think if they could, could they start their own business and then like show that the income is from OnlyFans and then? I guess pledge themselves. 
Uh, the short answer to that is no. The longer answer is there are foreign investor uh, visas for limited times for people who are coming in with the express purpose of starting or investing in businesses here. But uh, but you can't start a business and sponsor yourself on a work visa, mm. uh, you know, regardless of where the so they couldn't do the Inspiration LLC and put all the only fans and cameo money into that and, and sponsor themselves. Now they, they, they'd have to be sponsored by someone else. So they probably got like, you know, uh, like some fashion or supplement house kind of sponsorship, you know, uh, the, you know, the supermodel exception, the, the um, what's her name? Melania Trump, you know, uh, exception, which is the same one that, you know, uh, athletes like uh, um, Manu Bowl and uh, Dikembe Mutombo and, you know, a lot of the athletes uh, get them on. I like that your first pull is Minute Bowl. Like when I think of Cassie Lee and um, oh my God, what's the other one's name? I just said her name. I think it's Jessica McKay. Jesse, yeah, Jesse McKay. Thank you. What did I call? I called her by her WWE name, didn't Billy I? Kay. Billy Kay. <laughs> I did. Oh my God. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry, trying to Jessica. point out to the uh, the audience that it, it's the same sponsorship for like a model or an actress as it is for an athlete. It, it is. It is the. It is the. The, the, you I, have skills that are not easy to find. I get, I get, hold up a second, <laughs> but, but well, let me, let me put that on the shelf for a second. I, I just find it comical that your pull is Manute Bowl. Like Manute Bowl is. Well, he's, uh, he's a, a new current. A, 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 a new, new current. What? Yeah, he's all the rage in the NBA. Like he blocks shots and stuff. Like thirty years ago, Jeff. Like, <laughs> wow, isn't that the last time the NBA is? Didn't they stop playing after that? Oh my God. And then, so your next comment is even more comical. They have a skill set that is unique. Like, what's their skill set? Showing TNA. Yeah, that they're hot and they can and they can take good pictures. They, they can take good pictures i mean that's why people call it the supermodel exception i mean oh, <laughs> modeling is it it is considered a rare scale for someone to be hot and be able to take good pictures and have people pay you for it wow you're right i guess you're right because nobody's taking my pictures <laughs> i took your picture i posted on on both facebook and twitter <laughs> that wasn't my picture that was a picture of uh What's that guy's name? Oh, the guy from that's absolutely you. No, it's not me. That's not me. That's you. I was not in the movie Waiting. I think he was in Boogie Nights too. That guy. Of course, he was. I like He's that guy. Me. He's funny. Luis Guzman Jr. That's right, and that's not me. Stop it. Greendale Community College's most famous graduate. Stop it. Stop it. Is there any chance, Jeff? Mm-hmm. And we'll move on after this to WWE news. This is a good segue. It's almost a year after their release has lapsed, right? Is there there any chance in hell, you know, we know WWE's tag team division is supposedly uh, struggling. Mm -hmm. Any chance in hell that they're going to WWE? Sure, there's there's some chance in hell. I I mean, I would put it under 10%, but it's definitely not zero. How would that work? Do you think that WWE would have bought out their contract from Impact? Or or do you think, like, you know, they're just stealing them? 
first of all, I don't know what kind of contract they're on with Impact. I mean, we know that Impact has done some extremely short-term contracts, but I mean, it's possible WWE could buy out their contract. Also, I don't know what their non-compete is. I don't know if they're paid enough for a 90-day non-compete to exist. I don't know the Impact contracts have a non-compete. Um, so it could be a bunch of things, but I mean, WWE can wait. I mean, even if it, let's assume it is 90 days, WWE could wait. It, it, 90 days would take you to what? Just just around SummerSlam, maybe just after SummerSlam? Yeah, I guess yeah, so, maybe. but I, maybe I would wait July. It would be just right around SummerSlam. Actually, that's a perfect time for a return. Yeah. But what would wouldn't it be the end of the contract and not the? I mean, but then again, maybe Impact doesn't want to them hanging around. Doesn't want them to to pay them during that time, right? So maybe they they requested their release. I mean, they're the Impact Tag Team Champions. Like they are. I I believe they are. Yeah, I'm almost certain because I think part of the press release is that they're relinquishing the titles and <laughs> and stepping out. Like uh, that's what I think I I found so odd about the the, the press releases. Lol like, TNA. They're just leaving. Like they just like we're leaving. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it's impact. This is every week. Somebody leaves Impact and nobody noticed, nobody cares. All I hear about is how everyone should follow Impact. Why should I follow Impact if every single week somebody leaves Impact and they're not signing any new people? I'm going to look this up. Well, Um, there's a little bit more Impact news while you're pulling that up, so I don't have to deal with it later. One, Josh Alexander is the new Impact uh, world champion. He defeated Moose. So Impact terrible move there moose is one of your two guys who who could possibly be considered a star in the real world um and jonathan gresham was pulled by tony khan from the impact rebellion pay-per-view um and it was not cited as being his health reasons his his concussions that we reported last week so it was a it was a scheduling issue so tony khan pulling 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 that ace though you know uh he has first right of first refusal. By the way, the new big star Wheel of Yuta was also pulled from uh, two indie shows uh, by Tony Khan as well, because of schedule conflicts. It says here that the influence is the new Knockouts World Tag Team Champions, and that yeah, is yeah, the team was. of Tanil Dashwood and Madison Rain. Yeah, I thought Madison Rain retired from wrestling like a year and a half ago and was going back to school. Well. She took the inspiration to school. Turns out she wasn't very good at school. (laughs) I think that they... Maybe she's really good at school. Maybe she finished it early. That is a very optimistic way of looking at things. I would point to Exhibit A, she married Josh Matthews. Oof. oof, Exhibit B, she works for Impact. Things could be worse. You could marry Corey Graves. Well, I... I got you. I got you there. There you go. It's not often that I, I silence my podcast partner, but today is the day. The um, I think they're going to end up in WWE. I think it's only a matter of time. I wouldn't be surprised if they show up on Friday. How about that? They're going to show up on Friday and challenge Sasha and Naomi. Maybe. Uh, listen, I don't think we have nearly enough information to speculate on anything. I mean, it would be hard to believe that both of their health is suffering simultaneously. <laughs> I don't think that's but the they didn't even mention like health issues. They just said they wanted to pursue other goals in their careers. I 
it's just bizarre that they're so attached to the hip that they that their goals include each other no matter what. I mean, there there's like not tag team and other things. What are they going to become like double tennis stars? They're going to challenge the Williams sisters. Well, maybe this is like I mean, this is true. Like, but <laughs> I don't want this to sound all cruel. But let's say let's I'll play devil's advocate. If mm-hmm. if Cassie is the one that wants to leave, uh-huh. right? And they go to Impact, and they're like, "She's like, I want to leave." And then, wait, wait, Tony Storm. <laughs> and then, and then Jesse's like, "But, but, what am I gonna do?" And it's, it's like, you can stay here. And then, you know, who's the guy that runs Impact? What's his name? Scott um, Demore. Scott Demore. Right. So if Scott, Scott Demore's like, Scott Demore's like, um. Why do I need you? Like your guys are a package deal. Bye, Toots. Please. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I I mean, we're can we talk about Moon Knight? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the we ins- can't talk the, about the, Moon ins- the inspiration is is make makes me want to talk about Moon Knight. All right, let's shift topics. Let's talk, let's continue talking about WWE. Jeff, you have a hot take here. I think we should just jump right into this. You strongly believe that Cody Mania is over. Yeah. I mean, ratings are plummeting. Two weeks in a row, under 1.7. Now, this week, 1.613 went down 34,000 from last week. Cody's boring. He keeps giving interviews. He keeps saying stupid things. And I think people are remembering that he's the same guy. Yeah, they they plucked the one of the founding fathers of AWA. Great coup, but it's still Cody. No one's particularly interested in him. He's you know he's a pretty good wrestler, but he's still Cody, and he keeps talking, and he's really annoying. And when he talks, you want him to shut up. I disagree with you there, man. I feel like his pop is still strong. I mean, this Monday night there was a big strong pop. Although it's funny, like I wrote in my notes because you know I do the. You sound like Hayden right now. The Dark Order is really over. The, the oh my god, the Dark. No, I don't. Yes, you the do. The Dark His Order pop is really loud. That's what he says. The you're, but you're it, saying the I, same thing. I'm saying factual things. He sells. You you saw he puts out one shirt with a dog and a skull, and everybody starts lapping it up. Yeah, for for two days. But where, where is it now? I'm pretty sure I could pull up WWE.com and it's like top five shirt. Go ahead. All right. I will. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to tell you that Cody Rhodes in Knoxville was very over when he came out during that 20th anniversary of uh, Randy Orton. And, you know, I, I immediately I wrote in my notes, I go, this guy's so self-centered. Why, why isn't he already around the ring? Why does he have to have his own separate entrance? And it's so funny because that's what Seth Rollins said about him. Mm-hmm. Another Seth drone. Rollins. So Seth Rollins and and me, we're on the same wave wavelength. Right. I think I think Impact NWA and WWE should all just merge, and between the three of them, they might have a semi interesting roster. Um. Let's see here. D- d- not of all time. I don't want that right now. I want best sellers. Um. Jeff, the main event of, I mean, let's talk about this 20th anniversary for Randy Orton. Um, Big to do 
I like that he gives Mick Foley some props. The Undertaker, Noel Foley, Mick Foley's daughter, did not take too kindly to The Undertaker not mentioning her dad at his Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's one of the reasons why Randy went out of his way to mention Mick Foley on Monday night? Um, Probably. I mean, but I mean, they are two different people, so perhaps they have different affections towards Mick Foley. I mean, just because you had a memorable match with someone doesn't mean that you actually like them. Um, the Undertaker, I mean, if you know anything about The Undertaker's views, he's really a pretty conservative, you know, what you would think of as a traditional Texan guy. Mick Foley is uber progressive, uber liberal, and sort of never shuts up about it. Um, I imagine personally, they have probably had a pretty bad 2016 through 2021. Um, And I'm not sure that they were ever particularly friends or not. Uh, It was also noteworthy that Mick Foley was too busy signing autographs at another event and couldn't make it to the Undertaker's uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. So maybe it was just a tit for tat thing. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know if Randy Orton was doing it because in some way he thinks that that will mend fences between Mick Foley and Undertaker or Mick Foley and WWE. And it seems to me that Mick Foley will take a paycheck wherever he can get a paycheck. So uh, I'm going to just chalk it. I mean, it was noteworthy, but I'm just going to chalk it up to maybe Randy Orton has a very different relationship with Mick Foley than people perceive that the Undertaker did just because they did good work together. Yep. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe. But actually the, the Orton celebration was actually pretty entertaining. Actually, Raw this week was pretty entertaining. I mean, there's still it's still too formulaic, too many recaps yeah, and things like that. But, you know, forgiving that, because I have no choice, um, it actually was one of the better Raws in a long, long time, especially coming off SmackDown, which, I mean, honestly, my only note for SmackDown is it stank. It, it was terrible. <laughs> it was... It, it was it was a waste of time. I mean, I, I was I had watched Rampage first. I usually watch SmackDown first, um, and usually I'm like, Ugh, Rampage, it's meh or it's bad. And this Rampage was meh, but after seeing SmackDown, I felt like I was watching Citizen Kane or something. Citizen Kane. Oh my God. I look back at at Rampage in fondness. I will. I found the sale stuff here. So let me bring this up. Cody right now sells. um, He's in the top 20 t-shirts. Oh, that's well, what you go from one to 20 in two weeks. That supports my point of Cody mania over. You have a lot of shirts here that are old school shirts that, so I don't know what you, you can't really look at like, what's the, right now it says best selling. I don't know if that's best selling today, best selling for the week, best selling. Your measuring stick. You said, I'm going to look, I bet I could look it up right now and he'll be number one. And now it's 20. And now you're moving goalposts. <laughs> you're not even moving goalposts. You're, you're changing the field. You're changing the game. Listen, he's still there. He's, he's probably top 10 in any current wrestlers right now. He's so right now, probably top 10 in any Here's the top. What do you think is the top shirt selling uh, sold in WWE? Austin 316. You're absolutely right. Number two, what do you think? Either NWA or Hulkamania. And you mean NWO? Yeah. All right. NWO. 
NWO is three. The Bloodline, the black shirt is number one. Number four is the RK Bro shirt with the, the snake on the scooter. Mm-hmm. Number five is John Cena. Six is NWO Wolfpack, the NWO logo with the red. Seven is the Undertaker. Eight is the uh, head of the table shirt. Nine is what? Okay. The, uh, the Austin one. And this one surprises me. Alexa Bliss? No, number 10 is a red Wolfpack shirt, the one with the wolf face on it. <laughs> Do you oh. think that... Do you think there's a possibility that there's dumb wrestling fans that think that's a Cody Rhodes shirt? No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's got a wolf or a dog. He's got Pharaoh on the other yeah, shirt, keep, right? Keep going. Keep going? All right, number keep 11. Me- conspiracy theory, you think people think that the wolf is, is Pharaoh. Okay. I think the, I think the, they think that the wolf is Pharaoh. So when they buy it, it says NWO Wolfpack, and they're like, oh, yeah, it says Cody Rhodes, Pharaoh. Wrestling fans can't read. They just see the picture. They go, oh, look, here's the wolf. This has got to be a Cody Rhodes shirt. Okay. Not to mention, oh, here's another factor. Alexa some Bliss. Of these, some of these old shirts are on sale. Uh-huh. Alexa Bliss doesn't show up until 17. Alexa Bliss is actually ahead of Cody Rhodes. Can you believe mm-hmm. that? Two, she's there twice. Lily is there. Ah, uh-huh. Lily Lucian is real. That's real. That's that's got legs. That's sustained over. L- Lily is over the doll. Damn right. Oh my god, I can't believe you. Moving, let's pivot back to Randy Orton. Why, why are we pivoting back? You're doing so well. What? 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 What else is there? You want me to go well, through what the top hundred? <laughs> I mean, until you get to Cody. <laughs> I did get to Cody. We, well, I'm, we were practically at to- Cody. Yet, not quite there. Oh, he's got. Oh, he's got like three. Hold on a second. Oh my God, I didn't even realize he. This guy's got so much merch. He's got the one with uh, Pharaoh in the skull. He's got one that is looks like an eight bit video game, American Nightmare, mm-hmm. and he's got another one with his logo on it. He's got like three different shirts. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you on him. You know what this means? I'm gonna have to get you a Cody Rhodes shirt. Okay, sounds good. Would you wear it? Sure. Where would you wear it to? I never go anywhere, so it's right here. <laughs> Oh, they've got a Dusty Rhodes bionic elbow shirt. Is he an active wrestler? No. Oh. Is uh, we're, later on we're going to talk about Owen Hart. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> that just reminded me of my my Owen Hart joke. Well, Bret Hart um, resigned. I'm sure they'll they'll start issuing some Bret Hart oh, shirts. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, pro- no doubt. No doubt. We'll get to Bret Hart in a second. Randy Orton, Jeff, you've been watching him for the last past twenty years. Yep. What do you what do you what do you think is his best gimmick? Is his it best gimmick? Viper, um, Legend Killer, Legend Killer, Legend Killer. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I I I liked Legend Killer. Did you? Which faction did you prefer him in? Evolution or Legacy? Evolution. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. What do you think are some of his best feuds? Uh, 
I, I don't really think that there's honestly like Randy Orton is great. He's workmanlike. He's sort of always been around, but I, I don't consider him to be memorable in, in any way. I mean, I guess Cena since they have been fighting forever. Yep. Yep. What about his feud? Remember his feud with Bray Wyatt? No. Of course I do. That was the, the abomination. That 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 might be his worst. Oh, really? You think that's his worst? I don't know. There were so many bad ones, but yeah, I mean, it was so bad because of how badly they handled Bray and Alexa, for the matter. Um, but I mean, when he came back, the one with with Edge was painful, and the one with Drew McIntyre is pretty painful, also. Ooh, yeah. No, I like the um, I like the one with Bray Wyatt. I just but, but he uh, worked well. Like Randy was trying, so it's it, and and it was COVID time, so it you know, yeah. The the Bray Wyatt one that was that was awful. Yeah, that was rough. I liked it though. I I like what they were trying to do. I think there's a lot of um, you, you know, what's the what's the era between ruthless aggression and now? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um. I want to say like the from like 2008 to like 2014 Randy Orton like he doesn't really have many players to play with like everybody I just watched a uh I think it was a it was a Royal Rumble from like I think 10 years ago so it would have been 2012 mm -hmm. and good god like the first like 20 entrants are just complete trash ezekiel jackson um uh epico unico it's just fucking trash like mick foley is there santino morello the biggest pop in the first half of the royal rumble is santino morello faces off with mick foley <laughs> mr sacco versus uh what was this serpent the cobra, thing? The cobra. yes that like that was a fucking god awful Royal Rumble, but like at the end, you know, the four standing is Randy Orton, Jericho, Big Show, and who was the fourth fucking was it? I think it was the Miz was the fourth person. The Miz entered one. Randy Orton, I believe, wins the match. I didn't make it all the way to the end. Um, but yeah, that era of fucking talent was just god awful like i don't feel like kennedy was bad like kennedy was good but kennedy didn't last long no yeah and he was never that good right right so it's just ugh, it was the dregs um i think his best feuds were, were obviously with john cena but i want to say the stuff he's doing now with with riddle is pretty you know high bar like you know probably top five stuff in his career i mean he says it himself well, he's definitely having the most fun. I mean, it's it's hard. Wrestling's so much so different. I mean, I mean, I think anything he did with Evolution was probably more entertaining, but everything was more entertaining then. No, I think this is way more entertaining. As far as because he's one of four, and in Evolution, he was like hit between him and Batista, and I feel like Batista overshadowed him. He was the fourth guy. Yeah, but when he was the, the world champion, they put him on the shoulders and then they put their thumbs down. Like everything after that, that was good. I, I guess so. But I, I feel like this is way more enter entertaining. Like as far as like it's got longer legs. I mean, listen, we've been talking about them breaking up for like what, six six months now? And it still won't happen. Well, yeah, I, I don't think they should break up for a while because there's no reason to. It's it's bad. It's bad business. 
But I mean, yeah, it's good now. I mean, that, that's true, but it's also surrounded by so much stuff that's bad. While back then there was a bunch of stuff that was good. Not everything. I mean, that's that's too romantic, but there was a lot of stuff that was good back in like 2005 and 2004 and things like that. So Yeah, that's that's ruthless aggression. Yeah. I mean, so there was a lot good. So, you know, when a lot of things are good and it really takes something spectacular to stand out. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you that what he's doing now is is among some of, I mean, it, it will go down to some of his most memorable stuff, but part of it is because he's in a, he's in a sea of malaise. Yeah. I, all, I want to say ever since pre pandemic, Randy Orton just was completely boring to me. Like he just was not doing anything. Yeah. And I don't, I think it took the pandemic for me to fully appreciate Randy Orton because then you got to see him really kind of like try to work with Riddle, get him ready for the, for, for the main roster, work with guys like he, even, even he had that one or two, one or two matches with Keith Lee. You could see like he was playing that like player coach role of like, I've got to pay it forward. And you didn't get the hints of big ego, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, assert my power and bury this guy. Like, he seemed like he really kind of was earnestly trying to kind of set up the next wave of superstars so that way he could kind of carry the torch or not, not carry the torch, but be a part of that crew for a little bit long. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he definitely was speaking that way. I mean, he said, you know, long after Roman Reigns has, has gone to Hollywood, I'll still be here. Uh, I mean, and I also think that, like, while social media is generally pretty awful, Randy Orton kicks ass on social media. And I think that people <laughs> seen that for, like, the last three to six years has changed a lot of perceptions on him. Like, you've seen the personality. You see his wife. You see his family. You see how funny he is. He's, like, one of those guys, like, almost like he's almost like Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle in that, like, he, he can sort of get away with, like, pretty much anything, and it's like Teflon. It, it, it doesn't matter. He's he's still cool. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you there. You know who else is cool? Asuka. Asuka returned this week uh, to Monday Night Raw. She um, looks like she's going to be doing a program with Becky Lynch. What do you think about that? Good. I mean, and everyone was saying that Asuka was buried before she got her. Just watch. This is a this this will be it's going to be her turn to to win some feuds and Becky's turn to lose some feuds. I agree with you there, and I you know she comes out to an uh, uh, an uproarious pop. Yes. Everybody loves Oscar. Do you She's think tremendous. like? Do you think that besides? I mean, it's tough because I want to say in recent memory, Umaga comes to mind. Uh, as far as like most over, but didn't really talk much. And Asuka does talk, but she's very limited in her English. And, you know, pretty much you're not ready for Asuka has been her, her catchphrase since she's been called up to the main roster for like five years. Yeah. So it's impressive that it's had that many, le that much legs and she's still as over as she is. Can you recall anybody is over um that is limited in english or or not even in limited in english but their gimmick was that they didn't speak much i mean you could make a small case for nakamura i suppose 
Mm -hmm. um, Lance Storm, when he was doing his "Let Me Be Serious for a Moment," not speaking thing, to a on a smaller stage, Dexter Loomis is, you know, sort of does the but, thing. Kane, not... yeah, yeah. Kane, Kane didn't speak Kane for ten years, one. right? Kane, Kane is a good one. The Missing Link. Who? The Missing Link. You don't know the Missing Link? No. Muda. Muda never spoke. Oh, uh, Muda. Muda, oh, yeah, I yeah, Muda's a good one. Muda's a good pull. I think the trouble with Muda is like, what? I guess he was known in, he was known internationally. But do you think if Muda showed up on, if he ever showed up on WWE TV, would he get a loud as loud a pop as Oscar? In '98, absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, people knew who Muda was. Yeah, no, he he was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It's definitely it's definitely limited. It's hard to get over when you don't speak. I mean, I, I prefer Asuka not trying to speak English. I I like her when she's yelling Japanese. The, the only thing about this, I mean, I like the pairing. The only thing about it being with Becky is that their last on screen interaction was Becky saying I'm pregnant and giving Asuka the the world championship, you know, and them hugging. So you know. It's a little bit discombobulating. It, it's you know, I mean, I guess the story would be that if if they even decide to go with any stories that Oscar's been sitting there watching on the sidelines and you know was so happy for Becky and then she came back and Oscar was hurt and their you know they they their ships passed and she's been watching Becky just be her worst self and you know now she wants to slap some sense into her but I mean they're not they're just they're you know she just comes up you know nobody's ready for Oscar and you know now they're enemies. I think there's a case to be made that Becky Lynch is going to be angry with Oscar because she, she can easily turn that last promo to say, I trusted you with my title and you let this fucking nobody Beck, uh, Bianca Belair come in and s snatch it from you. And, 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 and you lost it. Like what happened to you? You, you were supposed to be my heir apparent and you fucked it all up. I think that's going to be the, the angle. Who'd Bianca Belair win the title from? She won it from Sasha. Was it Sasha Banks? Yeah, she yes. won it from Sasha Banks. And Sasha so, won it from Asuka. So what does Bianca Belair have to do with anything? I think, again, Asuka was supposed to hold it down. Asuka, you were supposed to hold it until yeah. I came back. That I think that, that'll be the... the so the she was role. her proxy. She was going to hold it, then she was just going to give it back. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's typical chicken shit heel stuff, Jeff. Like, come on, you know that Becky Lynch would be like, I gave you my belt. So obviously you were supposed to hold it till I got back and then give it back to me. I, I would prefer if Becky Lynch said, you Japanese people think that you're anime. Look at me. Irish are the real anime. And that would be a better thing. Oh, my God. That's not going to happen. Well, neither is yours. Oh my god! I think mine has a better chance of happening than yours. Yeah, but mine is so much better. No, it's not. Look at Becky. She looks like she looks like an anime villainess, and and Oscar, you know, she, all the Japanese wrestlers look there from anime. Jeff, um, let's talk about another return that happened on Monday Night Raw. And this is the return of Mustafa Ali. No, um, it's Mustafa, his younger brother. <laughs> Just like Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the wrestlers said that. I think it might have been Miz. It was it was actually pretty funny. That's right. He did say that. Um Ali comes back to uh, let's be real. I want to I want to I want to 
settle expectations here because everybody in the internet wrestling community was crying for this man back in January. Hashtag free Ali. Let him go. Let him go. He's he's a wasted talent in catering. Let him go. And this man was very bitter. He was talking a lot of trash on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Vince wouldn't let him go. Right. And so here he shows up on our Monday Night Raw. Yep. And Vince is giving him a time, ta- is, is giving him a chance. Again, yep. here's your airtime, Ali. And he's putting him with a really good talent in the Miz and an up-and-comer in theory, right? Right. He comes out. You would think that this guy, everybody loved him in the internet wrestling community. This guy comes out to a tepid response, a lukewarm response at best. Am I right, Jeff? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was it was polite. I mean, I think at first they can. It was polite. Yeah, they they didn't know what the music was like, but once he came out, I mean, you know, there was there was no, he got no, he got no pop. He like, yeah, I mean, he never did. He was never anything. He's nothing. He's a nobody. The internet. I, I figured it out. I figured out today what it is. The, the internet wrestling community only likes nerdy little wrestlers like themselves so they can convince themselves that they also can be wrestlers. Nah, that I think that's a good point. I think they like, like, it's so funny. I got into an argument this week, this morning with somebody because they were like, and we're going to, we're going to talk about, no, 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 no. We're going to talk about um, Becky Lynch's comments about women's wrestling in a, in a, in a few moments. But we were talking about that, and this one guy was like, WWE has has uh, not that deep a roster. Like, what do they have? Like, and then he and then he's like, Where's 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 Shotzi? And I'm like, oh, this is like a deep pull. Like, there's the, like you could rattle off 20 names ahead of Shotzi mm-hmm. that are on TV right now compared to AEW or anywhere else where they can't barely get to 10. Yeah, but but if but by saying where Shotzi is not supporting your argument for there's not a deep <laughs> roster. I mean, if anything, it's it's the opposite. It's supporting that there's such a deep roster that somebody like Shotzi can't make it to TV. Oh, Shotzi's hurt. She's she's nursing a back injury. So she's not entirely healthy. She, she's due to come back pretty soon. I think they just haven't quite figured out what they are going to do with her. Right, but I felt like the logic was so flawed. I I even countered him. I go, flawed. I go, this is nonsensical commentary. I go, nobody goes, oh my god, WWE's men's division is just so lacking talent. Like, where's Mansoor been? Like, <laughs> no, what the fuck is that? Like, nobody says that. What do we got? So Ali comes back, tepid response. He's in the ring, and who wants to see me fight the Miz tonight? This man desperately tries to get a yes chance started in Knoxville and nobody picks up on it. Nobody, nobody gave nobody gave a shit. Nobody cares. Hashtag release Ali. Oh my god, Jeff. So then he gets into this match with the Miz. The Miz, who just put over Logan Paul, has been doing some work. The last two years has been doing the favors of putting over, you know, nobodies, superstars like Bad Bunny. The, the new uh, star of El Muerto, the live-action uh, Spider-Man movie. 
That's ridiculous. He's you know he's going to be a B uh, a C player in in the next Spider Man movie. How is he going to be? He, he's El Muerto. He's he's the he's the lead. Nobody wants to see an El Muerto movie. Well, I'll tell you this. Nobody I'll wanted you... to see Morbius either, and in fact, nobody did. But well, but I could have told you nobody. Fuck, nobody wanted to see Morbius ever in a in a Spider Man. Not even in the animated yeah. series. Listen, they're make they're they're making El Muerto. They're making Madam Web. I mean, they're making all sorts of movies that nobody wants to see. It's all trash. But they're just. This is just them trying to hold on to the license. Right. So, but besides that, now that we're on this topic, um, and then I'll get back to my Ali rant, um. Jeff, do you uh, know Pentagon? Um, Penta, I know el, Penta el Cero Miedo? No, I know Penta Oscura. Oh, well, Penta, Penta Oscuro is how he uh, goes by now. Yes. Um, but do you... Um, I think that Bad Bunny should be playing Pentagon in a movie. And so follow me along here. I want Robert Rodriguez to to direct. Okay. Pentagon is uh, a wrestler in this mm -hmm. movie, and he is being done wrong by a evil Mexican booker that happens to be also a millionaire that was given a lot of money to him by his father, who owns a soccer club in Mexico and also um, a cocaine uh, roots right and so this millionaire is named uh antonio fawn mm, very latin very good it's mexican right it's this is just like it's gonna be like an like you've seen have you seen um desperado which is pretty much like shot for shot el mariachi yes i've seen um desperado. it's so antonio it, bandaras I want I want to be the same thing. Oh my god. So Antonio Banderas can play he'll probably play the, the dad of the millionaire. We got to figure out which Dario Cueto can play the millionaire. There we go. Okay. And so um the millionaire books Pentagon to be a loser. He's putting him on um shitty wrestling shows on YouTube that nobody watches. Uh, booking him to lose to all kinds of um, different bums. And so Pentagon, tired of this shit, is seeking revenge in real life, outside of booking. Mm -hmm. And so then after you introduce the hero of this movie, now it becomes like the movie Mortal Kombat where there's like a tournament. You want to just has... put the Batman on and watch it? <laughs> just <laughs> just like for it. the music. Just I, for the I, music. I feel like we're still very much at the introduction of your movie, and it's oh no 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 it's no, not going to so, get any so, better. No, we're in the middle of the movie. So now, like, there's a tournament, and then like, Pentagon just kills a bunch of people, and then um, the millionaire is very angry, and so he, his the final boss is um, a young blonde kid. You know when your three year old won't shut up except unless they tell a story during a car ride and you have to listen and pretend that it makes sense and that's good. This is how I feel right now. You're not... You're this all to be, needs to be edited out. This is terrible. No, this is you're, brilliant. You're, 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 you're going to drive people to suicide with this. No, I'm not. I'm going to drive them to, to start a GoFundMe for this movie because you're think gonna, about you're it. Gonna, so, you're so, going to drive me to suicide with this. I'm, I'm almost done. So, so there's a... 
a the middle of the movie is like Mortal Kombat where there's like a tournament. Mm-hmm. And so then the la- final boss is a young uh young Canadian guy with curly hair. And why are you reading a book? And well, I'm so- I don't know. You're you're talking about something that has nothing to do with wrestling, so I figure I can read. My no, book. this has this has to do with Pentagon. He's a wrestler, and so the end of the movie is behold the words of Mott, and behold the locusts that I will bring upon the land of Nimrod. Nobody wants to hear about that. Listen, so fine, fi- final scene, right? Final scene. Take a poll. Who wants to hear more about Og King Og versus your? Nobody wants movie. to hear about Oz. Listen, so, so, so Pentagon gets to the final boss. He vanquishes the the final boss, which is a guy that looks like Kenny Omega, and then um, you have uh, Tony Khan. I mean Antonio Fon there, and he's all like cornered by Pentagon, and Pen- and Penta- and then the guy's like, "Say hello to my little friend," you know, because he's like in a coke out binge, because that's how Tony. Con- I mean Antonio Fon uh, handles himself. And the little guy, his little friend, is Brian Danielson. Joining us will be Caden. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me you wouldn't see that movie. Uh, tell me that you're going to edit the last 22 minutes. I did not go on for 22 minutes. It, it felt longer. I hate you. Well, anyway, us now. Going back to Ali, they love us. We're, we've got a, a fast-growing listenership. We've almost doubled our listeners in the last, like, uh, what is it, uh, five, six weeks. So thank you for tuning in and listening. I should have said that at the beginning. Um, well, they're gone go now. Back. So Let's go back. No, they're they're going to e- write emails and say, this is the greatest movie. Where do I cash? give you some cash for this? I'm accepting audition tapes for new co-hosts. I saw that. You... You you put up uh, this this Facebook thing. I should really be angry with you because you put up this Facebook post about who's my who's my best co-host. The answer is very clear. It's me. Like I show up on time. I'm here. I'm funny. I'm entertaining. Oh, I, there's no doubt about it. Like I don't even know why you have to put this up for a question. Uh, it's because of the funny look-alike photos I found. That guy looks nothing like me. It's it is you. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think so. All right, Ali. Ali beats the Miz. Honestly, this was a fucking mistake. Ali should not be nowhere near beating the Miz clean right now, but yet he does. And again, he wins. Knoxville. Yay! Woo. Well, I started yay when Champa beat the crap out of him. Oh, that's what I was fucking going to get to right now. That was when I got well, off I'm my sorry. seat. I'm sorry. You like, went on a half-hour rambling thing about some movie of yours. Where apparently, you're on dopamine or something. I was I was so excited when Champa came out and just punched him in the back of the fucking head. I, I guarantee, Jeff, I guarantee you that Vince McMahon called an audible and was like, this fucking Ali return isn't working. Champa! Champa, get over here. Go punch this guy in the back of the head right now. Go. And, yes, and boss. People, and people are going to be for Champa. They're they're totally going to be for Champa <laughs> over Ali. Oh, without a doubt. I, I I know I will. Yeah. Um. Let's do some quick hits in WWE. Ezekiel is in the main event. Rightfully so, right? Oh yeah, he's the greatest. Thank you. Much better than his older brother. Without a doubt. Thank you. See, this is why you're my co-host. Mm-hmm. Um. Bret Hart signs a lucrative deal. What What does that mean, Jeff? Lucrative deal. What What kind? 
what is he pulling in Roman Reigns money? <laughs> really? I, I, I honestly don't know. Ten grand a month, maybe. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Brett, do you think that it's like, do you think that Brett's upset with AEW for doing the Owen Hart tournament? Because he has, he's been nowhere near it. I think, yeah, I, th- I think a little bit. I think he probably also is annoyed with, you know, FTR basically telling them that he's going to sign with them when he probably thinks of their stalkers. Um, yeah, but this <laughs> Owen Hart tournament's weird. I mean, what's it for? Like, what, what does the winner get? Like, like a, a they just win a prestigious Hart? tournament for, of nothing? I mean, is it even for a title shot in, in either division? They get a handshake from uh, um, Martha Hart. That's terrific. Not even Harry Smith, huh? Um, Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, I I think this was a a bit of a surprise. I I mean, I don't know what it means. I guess it's better than a typical Legends contract. Uh, You know, they'll probably pay him some base per month and pay him appearance fees every now and then to, to show up at things. And, you know, good for Brett, good for them. You know, Brett Hart is... You know, basically synonymous with an era of, of WWE, WWF, WWE wrestling. So cool, I guess. I mean, last thing AEW really needs is another former WWE old guy who would be another manager. I mean, there's like six of them, seven of them already. It's enough. Um, I don't know. You know, whatever. You, you know where I think this means it's a lucrative deal is if they sell old school, like we just went through like the top merch on WWE and all of it seems to be like old nostalgia acts. Is there any chance that they sell old Bret Hart merchandise? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they'll, if they, they'd get a pretty penny if they sold those Bret Hart glasses for 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. Glasses, Hitman shirts, Hart foundation. Absolutely. Excellence of execution. Best there is best. There was best. There ever will be on the back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this means. Jeff, and that might be the lucrative part of it. The lucrative part might be a a generous royalty um, merch. Mm, There you go. See, that's that's what I'm getting at. I think that's what that means. Um, I look forward to seeing what it what it means. I mean, there is an I think old timers, old timers rock coming soon. So, Um, (laughs) reunion. um, You'll be there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Becky Lynch says WWE has the best women's wrestling. And now all AW fans got all angry. Do you know that I had one guy tell me this morning that AW has better wrestling because on Rampage. So first off, he says this past Raw had only eight minutes of women's wrestling. The mm-hmm. Bianca Belair versus um, Sonya Deville match, mm-hmm. which it's not entirely true because there were backstage sem- segments, including women. There was a intergender tag match that included women. So there was more than just eight minutes. But regardless, this guy was telling me only eight minutes on Raw. Meanwhile, over on Rampage, they had at least like a 30-minute match between, get this, Jeff, Mm -hmm. Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir. Like, are you serious? You're telling me that just because these two jabronis decided, and I love Jade Cargill, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> who the, could get you wrong? You don't tell me. Do you have a movie that, for her too? Not, I could. Let's ne- you next week. About, you want <laughs> next week? I'll tell you about how she should be recast in the new updated version of Jackie Brown. 
Okay. Uh, so, listen, if I go to the subway right now, Jeff, and I pay two bums to fight for an hour and go on a Broadway, that doesn't mean that that's quality wrestling. It doesn't mean it's not, though. I mean, how many times do they fall <laughs> on the tracks and get electrocuted? <laughs> At that point, that becomes sports entertainment. <laughs> Caligula style. <clears throat> Jeff. Talk about Brother Nero. Jeff, where do you stand? Do you agree with Becky or do you disagree with her? You know, this would have been like a fun conversation. It would have been, it would have been a really interesting debate until Dustin Reynolds came out and agreed with her. <laughs> well, you know, he wants to go back home. Yeah, I mean, Dustin Rhodes. Um, well, I mean, but I don't think anyone's interested in bringing him back. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, she's right. I mean, the the the, the women on WWE are, mo- are are much better. I mean, you know, and. Like if you had, you know, if you ask me who the best female wrestlers are on AEW all around, you know, as far as in-ring and personality-wise and whatever, I, I'm not even sure what my answer would be. I, I, I mean, Britt Baker definitely is the best personality, but she's she got better and then got worse again in the ring. Thunder Rosa's sweet and, and she's good, but I mean, you know, I think everyone likes her more than... You know, it sort of like feels like a now what? Like like she hasn't really done anything as champion. Ruby Soho goes there and proves that she was mid. Tony Storm goes there and proves that she was mid. She's only had one match. And then they do these silly backstage things. Everyone thinks Jamie Hayter is going to be great. She's sloppy. Nyla Rose is sloppy. Uh, and so two of their greatest female wrestlers, you know, probably without a doubt, are Sheeta and Serena Deeb. Well, tonight they were in a Philadelphia street fight. And this match was messy and sloppy and awkward. And both these women obviously didn't want to wrestle this style. Serena Deeb is basically like a Bret Hart style wrestler. She's she's a technical wrestler. She uh, you know she wrestles a Japanese style, but she wrestles, she can wrestle a traditional style too. But she's not a hardcore wrestler. And they both look uncomfortable. And Serena Deeb, you know, got. I mean, this is beyond the black eye. Like something's broken. I don't know if it's her cheekbone or her orbital socket or whatever. It's probably a cheekbone. And, and hopefully it just needs a couple weeks rest. But that was bad. I mean, th- this was like a Pete Puma from from Looney Tunes kind of lump that, that, that developed under her eyes. And I know, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, they're putting Jade Cargill in, in six-person matches with Red Velvet and Kiara Hogan to hope that Red Velvet and Kiara Hogan do the wrestling to make her look good because that match with Marina Shafir was terrible. And they're both rookies. Well, Marina Shafir has been doing it longer and uh, you know, allegedly is married to allegedly a great wrestler, Roderick Strong. Who don't get me started on him. But, but Marina is also a shoot fighter. Like I, that's why I feel like I, I expect more from her, and I'm disappointed when I don't see it. Well, she wasn't. She wasn't good in NXT. I mean, she barely got any camera time, and and they built her out like she was a monster here, but she never got any camera time on on AEW. So so no, I mean AEW objectively does not have a women's roster even close. I mean. The people that they were featuring six months ago, you never see. I mean, it was everything was Penelope Ford and the Bunny. You, you don't see them in the ring, and probably rightfully so. Mercedes Martinez, they've delegated to Ring of Honor when at all. I mean, frankly, I see enhancement talent more. I've, I've probably seen Santana Garrett wrestle more than I've seen Ruby Soho wrestle. Oh, shit. Holy shit. On AEW. <laughs> I mean, wow. So you're I, right. Yeah. I mean, and if you throw in the NXT women's roster in there, it's not even close. 
And arguably, I don't watch it, but I, you know, people say good things about Impact. Now that's from Impact fans, so I'm not sure how rational they are. Um, but yeah, but even Meltzer said the best women's wrestling is stardom. I mean, if, if you know, of course he couldn't say WWE or NXT, but he, he cannot say an AEW. I mean, I mean, that had to be like him forcing the kidney stone. But again, th- th- this would have been an interesting debate, and it was fun to watch, and there were some really stupid comparisons. I mean. If you're going to be objective at all, you, you obviously WWE has better female wrestlers than AEW does, and books them better in main events. And and WWE generally has a 50-50 time split between men and women. I mean, Raw was not wrestling heavy. Period. It had Miz TV. It had the Randy Orton celebration, which was 20 minutes. The Miz TV section was probably another 15 minutes. They did a lot of uh, you know backstage stuff. So. I mean, it, it wasn't a particularly wrestling-heavy show to, to begin with, period. Um, but then Dustin Rhodes comes out and basically says, yeah, we're not there yet, the, you know? I mean, so what? The argument over. I mean, nobody's jumping on him, but he, he told the truth. I mean, I guess some people jumped on him and he said, listen, it, it takes people time. It takes the young people time to get there. Now, all not all the women are young, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but I, I agree with Becky. It would have been more fun if Dustin didn't say anything, but I guess good on him for telling the truth. He, 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 it's, it's absolutely correct that most of their women are indie wrestlers who are, you know, the the people who you think are indie-rific when you see them on TV, they're, they're not professional. And a, a good example in NXT itself is... Cora Jade, who, you know, everyone was really high on, but she's not really very good. And you bring in someone who is indie-rific, um, but was trained well in, in Roxy, now Roxanne Perez. And everyone's like, already? She's 10 times better than Cora Jade. And she is. <laughs> That's a great time to segue to NXT. Um, any thoughts on this week's NXT, Jeff? Um, I like what's going on with Joe Gacy. I, I think that's interesting with the the breaker steiner thing i'm still not sold on steiner but uh, uh but i'm getting more and more sold on uh breaker um they're doing a lot of weird things with like not where where they're like not having like face heel matches like they did um what's the what's the crow magnum man guy uh von wagner was against tony d'angelo and they're both heels and Legato del fantasma is sort of against tony d'angelo and Legato del fantasma they're still you know, acting full-fledged heels, getting involved in things. And and then Tony D'Angelo has got these two Goombas to to even the score out. And, you know, they, they finally showed them with him with, with, like, no hats on and not their their little suits. And they're wearing, you know, the, the, the Goomba white tank tops and all that. But they're, like, blonde, blue-eyed guys that, like, look like Germanic British or something. They couldn't be further looking for him. I mean, they would have been better off with you and me in there you know, because we look more Italian than these guys did. Um, so they, I mean, it's like, I, I don't think you could have found two less likely, like if it was the Irish mob, maybe, I don't know. You told me that I look like Luis Guzman. Junior. Oh my, how Italian is Luis Guzman? More Italian than these two guys that they were with. Tony <laughs> and I don't know what he said. Their names were jo- Joey Bag of Donuts and uh, Frankie Four Eyes or something. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure what what, what what that was all about. Um, Mandy Rose beat um, Roxanne Perez, former Roxy. Um, I don't know. It was, you know, 
NXT was a was a fun little show. There was some interaction between Sokoa and um, uh, Cameron Grimes and uh, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Sokoa accidentally kicked, super kicked Cameron Grimes, but he didn't look like he was upset about it. They're kind of a, a fatal three way for the North American title next week. They're having some title matches next week, um, mm-hmm. and they're also building up the spring breaking. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, NXT feels like it's building a little momentum. I mean, the audience is still sort of tepid but um yeah they they are it's it's so funny jeff any thoughts on nikita lines versus lash legend i almost called it lash larue yeah i know i do that all the time yeah, well nikita lines beat her again uh so i don't know why this is continuing because uh, like one of them keeps losing one of them keeps winning but i like nikita lines i i, I think this is good now they're now they're trying to pair her with cora jade to, to try to get Cora Jade some rub off Nikita Lyons, who's had all of like three televised matches. So uh, this thing with Cora Jade's not working, and we have Natty Neidhart down. Oh, they the Viking Raiders on. The Viking Raiders are, uh, beat Anofe and and uh, Blake, but they're gonna they're gonna have a program with. I don't know. Well, and and Roderick Strong is demanding excellence out of uh, his new faction. He doesn't want them to all end up uh, disappearing and breaking down like his old faction, like his old group. Um, he's still not interesting, even when he says things that could be construed as interesting. You mean um, Diamond Mine? Yeah, but he was referring to Undisputed Era. Got um, it. But yeah, but Nikita, I like Nikita Lines. I mean, you know, I she's not my type physically. I know a lot of people like are drooling over her, and that's fine. That's good. That's cool. But she's a good wrestler. I, I mean, you know, she she's got some moves. I don't, you know, and you know, she's she talks a little bit like Ruth from Ozark, but hey. <laughs> you keep saying that. What about what about Santino Morello's daughter? She debuts Ariana. Um, I forget what her last name is. It doesn't matter. When, does she get, when she gets to the main roster, Vince is going to take away her last name anyway. Well, these uh, well that might be true, but these are trademarks. But yeah, they, they, she's in their bre- their women's breakout tournament. So they they showcase like vignettes of like three or four women. Um, we never heard of, and you know, with whatever their gimmick is, and and hers was that she was uh, been training MMA her entire life. Mm. Jeff, I saw a lot of criticism this morning about why she was being booked as sent at as uh, Ariana Grace and not as Ariana Morella. Like, why not make the connection to Saint? I have an opinion on this, but why not make the connection to, hey, she's a second-generation star, Santino Morella's daughter, Ariana. Here she is. I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, the same question was asked with Braun Breaker. I mean, I think the answer is they want them to get over with their own names. They don't really hide it exactly, so the logic isn't exactly consistent. But I guess if they can get the, the new name over, it's it's completely new it's 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 wwe's complete ip it's their creation and they own it forever i mean that that's sort of their thing uh i don't know that it always makes sense and i don't know that it's always the smartest move i mean steiner is not their real last name either but i guess anything that can be tied to a, a real wrestler that uh, existed before you know if she did morella and it was ariana morella but she went somewhere else and she did i, I don't know Alyssa Morella somewhere else, you know, people just remember the Morella, you know, so they're, they're helping her build her star power somewhere else. Well, 
that now the the whole thing ariana grace you know that that's all theirs that's that's as best as i can do with that other than that i, I don't really know i mean it makes less sense with with uh, Ron Breaker because the Steiners were much bigger stars than Santino Morello ever was. Well, that that's my point, right, Jeff? Is Santino Morello was mostly a comedic act, right? Like, mm-hmm. Im- imagine I was I used this reference earlier today too because imagine Doink the Clown. Like, let's say I was the son of Doink the Clown, and I wanted to be taken seriously, like. Do you think I'd be introduced as, hey, here's the second generation superstar, son of Doink the Clown, Steve? It's like Steve the Clown. No, Steve the Steve the Clown. Do you, like who? No, it wouldn't happen. Like if you want Ariana to be taken seriously, then I would imagine you do decouple her from her father because her father was mostly a comedic act. Yes, he's a legend. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. But is he? He's not yet, but I guarantee he will be. Like oh. uh, just based on that gimmick. Yeah. Um do you, does that make any sense, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, none of it really makes much sense, to be frank. I mean, yeah, okay, right frank. now, too. I mean, we were just talking about Raw with Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes. I mean, so none of it makes sense to anyone except the people in Titan Tower. That's But Jeff, Cowboy Cowboy Bob Orton was a serious heel and Uh, Dusty Rhodes was a son of a plumber. Like Dusty Rhodes is an icon of wrestling. Cowboy Bob Orton was, you know, he was, he was a workman. He was, he was fine. He had, you know, if not for the timing of WrestleMania and his proximity, Roddy Piper, I don't know that anybody would really remember him. He, you know, be in the annals with, I don't know, the Dino Bravos and the, you know, Hercules Hernandez's of the world. Right. Um, but he, he wasn't like, who was a fucking, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't Virgil. He wasn't like, who's, who's a bum from, from the eighties. I mean, Barry arguably Harwin? Virgil is, is a bigger star than, than Bob Orton. Um, no, yeah, but Barry Horowitz, Brooklyn it, Brawler, you know, uh, Iron Mike Sharp, Israel Matia, SD Jones. I mean, there's there's a litany of Rene Goulet. But that no, but it the star power is not what I'm 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 focusing on. It's how they were taken, whether they were taken seriously or not. Virgil is taken less seriously as Cowboy Bob Orton. Yes, and uh, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Remember him for a, a hot minute. Yeah, he. It, uh, what if his son shows up and is like, hey, he's the second generation superstar, Abe Knuckle Wall Schwartz Jr. Like, nobody's going to give a fuck. Like, everybody's going to think that's a joke right out the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I so. so I think this is why they split her, unless she's making jokes and coming out with a sock puppet of a serpent, then I don't think that she's going to be associated with her father. I mean, it's nothing new. This all changed about eight years ago when when Charlotte Flair became Charlotte. I mean, when when the, the Rotunda kids were you know were given different names than Rotunda. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they always start Husky Harris as Husky Harris, but you know, they, they've they've gone back and forth with it. They've never been entirely consistent, but this this seems to be their 
MO now is that they want to create characters. I think that they're really trying to build a portfolio of intellectual property. And I wasn't kidding the, the week where I said, you know, uh, the Universal Park, they don't have much of their own IP. And if they lose Marvel or any property, they could go in and they could do a whole bunch of WWE things. And, and they've got 70 years worth of, of shit to put there. I mean, instead of the Hulk drop, they could have the Andre the Giant drop or Andrew the Giant, whichever they prefer. <laughs> Jeff, I think that's all I got for WWE. You got anything? Um, I mean, we were told to expect a lot of heel and face turns. Zia Lee apparently is now a heel. She's hasn't found anyone worthy to protect, so she's going to protect herself. The backlash card seems to be filling out. Uh, we can, you know, obviously we can talk about that as we get to it, but that seems to be happening. Zia sorry, Zia Lee is very important. I want to just mention this one. I have a, a strong opinion on why they dropped her last name. They Jeff, dropped her last name. Uh, yeah, she's now Zaya. She's not Lee. She's really? Zaya. Zaya. I think that's that's what's coming, and it's, or maybe I think somebody was asking because they didn't hear her introduce as Zaya Lee. But th- there was a moment in t- in in rest in the IWC where everybody's like, "Oh, see, now Vince is at it again. He dropped Lee," and then I said, "Well, of course, because." You know, Vince, he doesn't want his superstars associated with trash. And if you look at what's on AEW, you got Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, Keith Lee. So he doesn't want Zia Lee to be associated with that. So that's why he dropped the last name. I'm not even sure that they dropped the last name. But um, LA Knight is doing his night modeling agency. So basically taking the Robert Stone brand up to the main roster. And Mace is now face. And apparently Mansoor, who you were talking about before, is also in their little group. So I love uh, it. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm interested in that. Um, there, okay. Another sort of internet thing is that the apparently The Undertaker didn't know who Kenny Omega is. And I'm oh, thinking, shit. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why would he? <laughs> I mean, they're barely in the same industry. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's funny. So I guess you know the, the narrative is, is the Undertaker is not a real wrestling fan. Yeah. Wow. What what what's to say? What is maybe maybe he doesn't like him that much because he plays a lot of video games. You know how he's been so critical about this generation of wrestling plays too much video games. I have no doubt that the Undertaker follows absolutely no wrestling except for a little bit of WWE and only when he has to. I, I, if you define being a wrestling fan as watching all sorts of wrestling and following Japanese wrestling, watching indie promotions, I have no doubt that the Undertaker doesn't do it. His asking price is priced out of any indie markets. He might run into some people at conventions, and I'm sure he gets comes in with private security, gets his own table and gets ushered right out with private security on those things and doesn't sit around and, you know, uh, you know, take pictures with the young bucks and, you know, meet Bobby Fish or anything like that. Yep. Um, anything else WWE related? Nah, just Eric Bischoff made some comments during the week, more taking more shots at AEW and basically saying he doesn't think he'll be invited back to AEW. And it seems like that's been his mission is to, he has now positioned himself as, you know, one of the anti-AEW commentators, uh, you know, but with a slightly different angle than Jim Cornette, who just likes all the old school stuff. Uh, Bischoff is more like Russo, which the 
you know, sort of like AEW squandering a, a lot of good shit and just, you know, I guess coming out with basically wrestling salad. Um, but why I, would, why would Eric like support AEW? Tony Khan's done nothing but shit on, on the WCW. Like he's he not shit on it, but I essentially just say our product is just like WCW only better. Like we're surviving w, Vince's uh, attack on us. No, I mean, it's a, it's a little, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know why Eric would care about that 20 something 20 years later. I mean, AW's paid him to be there several times. So that's one reason why he wouldn't want to shit on them. He'd want to keep his options open. And there's really only two options. Um, anyway, this is what I picked. So, I, you know, I'm thinking maybe he feels this way because the bigger mark for him would be Tony Khan than Vince McMahon. Um, I don't know. I, I'll, you know, I, I think he, I think he's saying what he feels. I think he thinks that AW is a bunch of wrestling salad, and and that it's probably a lot of squandered opportunity. Probably is similar to what I feel. Like you know, they do some things good, they do some things bad, and 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 sometimes they're so close together you can't tell the difference. But that they have all the pieces there um, to be excellent. They just have too many extra pieces, and they they want to play with them all. And that's the, mm. it's a hundred piece puzzle, but they have 300 pieces and they're insisting on trying to make a 300 piece picture out of a hundred piece puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's really all I think I have for WWE. If you want to call sunny WWE adjacent, she um, claims that she was only driving 10 miles an hour when she crashed <laughs> into the old man and said he had a heart attack that had nothing to do with her and that she had a seizure and that's what caused the accident. So uh you know, obviously saying a lot of stupid shit, um, lying, uh, most likely because most of the witnesses said she was at a high rate of speed and, and cars are built to take 10 mile, uh, impacts and not be jolted into, into traffic. Uh, also it'd be very convenient for ever to have her first seizure, uh, right before being in a three car fatality accident. But, you know, obviously not, not showing remorse publicly. Uh, I mean, before, She'd be better if she said nothing, which is what she should be saying, nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, WWE took her down from the website, right? Like the legend section, the Hall of Fame. I did not know that, but yep. okay, good. I mean, you know, she she, she certainly deserves removal. Um, and that little rumor that we barely touched on last week with Jeff Hardy, I think that we were right to barely touch on it because, I mean, it hasn't been re-reported a couple of people on the internet are retweeting it, but it, it doesn't seem to be any support for it. Right. Jeff, let's jump into AW uh, with our dynamite review. Jeff, I didn't get a chance to watch this. I was uh, busy doing other things, but tell me about this episode, Jeff. Last week's ends with the forbidden door tease. So what does Tony Khan and AW do to follow up this big announcement? Nothing. There, there was almost no mention of it at all. There were no what? Japanese wrestlers. There were no vignettes involving New Japan wrestlers that I recall. Though there were two uh, matches that for next week that seemed to involve Impact wrestlers. Um, oh. So, uh, you know, it seems like that door has been reopened, um, which actually I find that a little bit interesting. Um, because I thought that was a burnt bridge and apparently not burned so much. Um Noteworthy, Adam Page, their champion, was removed from the card because he has COVID. 
Uh, hopefully he's okay. He was okay enough to tweet about it. Um, AW has been sticking with the same formula the last several weeks. Starts with CM Punk. Then WWE guys, you had Cash versus Dax in an Owen Hart Memorial Foundation qualifying match. Um, so again, tag team wrestlers in singles matches facing each other. Uh, people who enjoy technical wrestling enjoy this. Uh, the only story seemed to be that uh, Cash you know, might have injured his knee and Dax didn't really want to take advantage of it. Um, didn't put him in a sharpshooter. Uh, but Dax ended up winning anyway, so it really didn't make a lot. There was a lot of that tonight in AEW where, you, the, where the, the predictable thing is and what happened, which I guess is both good and bad. It just doesn't make wrestling sense. Um, I, I don't I, even understand what these guys were wrestling. And I didn't think it was a particularly interesting match. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't particularly interesting. Jeff, how many stars would Bret Hart give this match? <laughs> Uh, well, I think in his lucrative contract, he's required not to give AEW matches any more than one and three quarter stars. <laughs> so, I, I, right. just, I, I just I just don't know what this tournament's for. Like, I, I don't know what you get out of it. So, I, I mean, I, I'm sure if there was some reward other than prestige, uh, whatever that means. I, I, I think, of course, besides meeting Martha Hart, um. I'm almost certain um, you get a phone call from Owen Hart. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> so we can't skip over entirely over Rampage. I mean, we already talked about the epic that was Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir. Oh, that's that, right. The the epic Broadway of right, Marina that, Shafir. That Kiera Hogan and Red Velvet are, are officially heels and part of the baddie section. Uh, but Hook spoke. He spoke to Dan Housen and said, you've been wanting to get my attention. Now you have it. And, uh, you know, Dan Housen seems worried about it, but he keeps wanting to eat chips because he thinks that the chips that Hook keeps throwing out might be the source of his power to avoid the curses that rarely work anyway. Um, so <laughs> Dan Housen versus Hook, look for it. It's coming your way. Definitely not sports entertainment. Um, <laughs> so after this, of course, you know, after, you know, punk and then two WWE guys, you go straight to the, the BCC. So, uh, Moxley, uh, Yuda and Brian, you know, so more, you know, former WWE guys with Regal, of course, um, they facing, they, they faced the factory. Uh, so it was QT, uh, Camarado and Solo. Anthony Agogo accompanied them, but you barely saw him and he barely did anything. So I, I really thought they gave up in this guy. I don't know why he's still there. He he, did, he just looks like skinny Wardlow at this point. He's got his hair the same way. He's wearing a he's wearing a shirt and tie and a vest and all that stuff. I, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, of, of course they had to have Wheelie U to get the pin on Nick Camarado because an AW big men are just there to make little men look good and to show the world that that underdogs can beat up the bullies um and of course no tag team rules were invoked because at the same time moxley was and and daniel bryan were i'm oh, sorry brian danielson were both applying submission moves or you know doing something dastardly to other members of the factory while um yuda applied the pin so you know everyone's in the ring at the same time uh, the same time no rules matter um <laughs> <laughs> then we had a Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter promo with Shivani, who, of course, says, thank you for no physicality again. Why this is such a big thing, I don't know, with Tony Storm. So, again, former WWE-er. And because the odds are uneven, she brings in 
Ruby Soho, another former WWE. Um, but this goes nowhere. Um, but I guess there'll be some sort of tag team match, and you know, they're still talking about how they're gonna meet each other in the in the parking female, lot, you know, the female version of the Owen Hart uh, Memorial Foundation tournament of champions in chess or whatever. I, I read that in the if you win the women's tournament of the Owen, you get to meet Stu Hart. That- That'd be terrific. I think you get to meet Teddy Hart. I think you, you mis- oh, I think you misread that. You actually go on a date with Teddy Hart. Right. And and then sample his selections of tableweed. Um, so then they go back to the formula, more WWE guys. You have the Jericho Appreciation Society, and they're doing a, a, a sit-down or a meeting with uh Kingston and crew. Apparently, there was some stipulation that they couldn't touch each other, that the Kingston, the Kingston trio couldn't attack the Jericho guys. Um or they get fined or suspended or fired. So there was a bunch of that nonsense. Uh, Kingston kept saying that in his world, if you put a hit on someone, you have to put them in the ground. And it was so exciting, he'd said it twice. Uh, and and of course, people who are serious about you know killing you tell you twice and don't <laughs> and 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 are worried about being fired or suspended from their wrestling job. How is um, how is Discovery going to feel about that? I don't know how Discovery is going to feel about, but we're going to get to Discovery in a in a bit. So this ends in the Kingston Trio walking out, feeling like they intimidated the Jericho Appreciation Society, even though it's five versus three. Um, our next segment, of course, in the first hour, the only thing that's completely non WWE would be the MJF segment. And you know, I, you know, so you have Lance Archer coming out. With Jake the Snake, no Dan Lambert, so apparently Dan Lambert's no longer associated with him. Um, and then you see MJF in the skybox with Sean Spears, so I guess a little WWE. They're eating popcorn, and then Wardlow comes out. He's still escorted by security, still got handcuffs on. Anyway, you know, th- this was this was not a bad match. This was this was fun, the Haas match, but Wardlow, of course, won. Um, and MJF is outraged and, you know, Wardlow submits to being handcuffed again and escorted out because that's the terms of him being able to, to perform, to wrestle on AEW. Anyway, so Jericho does a promo where, uh, not Jericho, MJF does a promo where he's calling someone and he, he goes, I have a plan. And he goes, Hey, big man, how do you feel about making six figures for one match? Great. And then he looks into the camera and he says, War Pig, because that's what he calls them, War Pig. So I hope Tony Khan buys the song from Black Sabbath, War Pigs, for Wardlow's new song. Um, and uh, anyway, he says, uh, next week, I'm not worried about you, because next week you're facing someone who's bigger than you, stronger than you, and taller than you. And you can't teach that. So Whoa. either Enzo grew a lot, or it's going to be W. Morrissey from Impact, formerly known as Big Cass. Um Whoa. Showing up for one week only, I guess, to do the Jeff Cobb role. Uh, all of MJF's feuds sort of seem to be the same. That the, uh, MJF's feuds, you, you have to go through the the you know the five yep. tasks of Hercules to get to him. All, I've seen that commentary a lot lately, and and you can't dispute it. Yeah, you can. Though so I'm interested to see uh, Morrissey up there. I'm, I'm I'm interested that Impact and uh, AW might be working together. It just may be that Impact's contracts are so loose or. Morrissey might be working on a handshake. He did say he he signed a, a short-term extension a while back. So depending on how short-term it was, his first contract was only 90 days. So it's entirely possible that he's just uh, working on per appearance now. Anyway, uh, 
the then we had the street fight that you know, talked about. It was pretty terrible, but the heel won. So Serena Deeb won um, the best out of fives, three to five, and the street match. So hopefully this feud is over now. Um, hopefully. She should be the number one contender. Thunder Rosa was watching the match from the back. Again, ever since she's been the champion, she's got about a total of three and a half minutes of TV time, most of which is either talking, saying nothing, or being attacked from behind. Um, but uh, so, do, do you think that's a problem for AEW, or do you think that's it's okay? They're just still telling the story. I think it's a problem. I mean, though I don't know what the solution is because they put Paige on all the time and he stinks, but Thunder Rosa, she's... Paige has an authenticity and an intensity, probably. And I believe, like, Thunder Rosa, like, everyone already likes her. She already had that goodwill. Like, people just naturally gravitate to her. She has charisma. So I so I think that is an AEW problem. I think the Paige thing is a Paige problem. Um, so, yeah, it, it may also be something about the competition. I mean, you're, you're only as good as the, the person that you're facing mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, I mean, unless you're an exceptional talent. Um, if if someone like Thunder Rosa were to jump ship to WWE, who do you think she would immediately be paired up with? Um, I, I mean, the law says that it would be Natty first. I mean, so probably Natty. But I mean, I, I think that because of her size, maybe like a Sasha. I was thinking the same thing. I think I think Sasha Banks versus Thunder Rosa would be a great match. Yeah, that that could be fun. Um, what was next? All right. So then we saw the, the, there was the, okay. The super elite beat the Jabba, Jabba squad, the super elite one, they worked together. Um, the, the red dragon and Cole put on their undisputed era or undisputed elite shirts. And then they hand, they handed them to the Jacksons who sort of seemed to fluck, you know, think about it for a while. They were sort of reticent for a while, but then they put it on and they, they all, pose together doing their their iconic poses um as a team and then the commentary said oh we just we, we have to we have to go away we have to go away and they went to the back and you, you see santana and ortiz laid out and kingston's being held up by some of the jericho appreciation society and you know his sleeve is torn off and they did the fireball thing they they you know shot like uh, boa did to uh sokoa you know the, 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 the flame paper and it, it it looked as good as it did there. And then Kingston's yelling, ah, ah, my face. So, you know, uh, obviously the Jericho Appreciation Society was not intimidated by the Kingston trio and and took them out and lit Kingston on fire. So despite yeah. all the street talk, only one side was willing to go to DEFCON. And, but after doing it on camera, they decided to run away. Let's get out of here because <laughs> they might get in trouble. Because <laughs> leaving the premises would totally put them in the clear. Um, <laughs> the final match was a was the TNT title match, the rematch between Scorpio Sky and Guevara. Scorpio Sky was accompanied by Ethan Page and Van Lambert, but Ethan Page went to the back. Uh, I guess he could only have one second. Uh, Guevara came out with Ty Conti, two boos and kissing. Mm-hmm. This was the latter match, of, like the very end of the match. He said, yes, I'll accept your rematch for the TNT title next week, Wednesday on Dynamite. You know, longer match. And they go off the air. <laughs> so another so yeah we two gimmick matches tonight uh and the ladder match so this match was the best of aw and the worst of aw so you had mm. the athleticism you had some interesting booking possibly overbooking a lot of sort of 
fake finishes and, and things where you're like, okay, well, this is where Sammy retains, but he doesn't. But then you would also have the worst where you had no selling, where you had obvious times to go and get your belt, where instead you decide to waste a lot of time, both sides doing that. Um, but notably, there was one time where Sammy uh, did, I think, a Spanish fly to Scorpio Sky on a ladder on barbed wire. So Scorpio Sky, that, I mean, that, that should be the end. That should be the finisher. So, <laughs> so instead of climbing up, Sammy Guevara decides that's a good time to grab Dan Lambert from the outside and drag him into the ring. And as he's, as Dan Lambert is sort of you know begging him off, Ty Conti comes in and Dan Lambert turns around and she kicks him in the, in the Johnson. Um, and then, uh, and then Sammy and her decide to, to mash it up. And uh, what's her face comes in. Uh, Paige Van Zandt comes in to, fight with uh, Ty Conti. So instead of climbing up the ladder, Sammy Guevara is time for all of that nonsense. Um, <laughs> and there were other times. There were times when Scorpio Sky wasted time too. There was another time when Sammy Guevara set up a ladder, but he 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 actually moved it from under the belt to like three feet to the right of the belt. So that when he climbed up, he was like, oh, where's the belt? You just moved it there. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you were setting up for one of your jumps, you were going to leap to get it. You know, I mean, that's typical. Guevara. I feel like I feel like they I haven't seen that in WWE ladder matches in a while, but they used to be notorious for that sort of stuff. Yeah, this this is I mean, there were some interesting. There were some great athletic spots. There was one where Sammy was going to try that, you know, uh, parallel leaping lateral cutter. But Scorpio Sky sort of countered it and he cut. He did a cutter on Sammy Guevara, even though Sammy Guevara was the one doing the offense and they were both sort of at the top of two different ladders. So there they were there was great athleticism and they were great spots, but there was also a lot of stupidity and delays and dalliances. Anyway, Scorpio Sky wins, so he is now the two-time uh champion. Uh looks like we're getting the Page Van Zant Ty Conti uh match. They both act like heels, but uh I, I guess by then Page Van Zant and Team Lambert somehow will be the faces at that point. If the Scorpio Sky was over, people people were cheering crazy for him because they hate Sammy Guevara. So, I mean, I guess job well done uh, for your young 39-year-old star. But, um, okay, good <laughs> for him. Oh, and then Frank Frankie Kazarian walks down. He's, he's like, in a black-on-black -black suit, like, you know, with, like, a tuxedo tie. And uh, they, they do their old friend's handshake. And, you know, I guess Scorpio Sky is going to honor his face promise that Frankie Kazarian can get the can be the first shot to get a title shot for the TNT title. So yay, Frankie Kazarian in, in the title program. Woo! I guess he's done elite hunting after catching exactly no elite. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I want to before we move on from Scorpio Sky, I want to ask you in recent uh memory, the TNT title has been hot potatoed around. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I think we talked about whether this should be this should be it, right? When Sammy won it, I think we that's when we started talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I got this one wrong. I said that the Scorpio Sky experiment is over. So that was the, the, these are two major things I got wrong this week. This is one of them. Yeah, this is wild to me. Like, why put the belt back on Scorpio Sky? Like, I guess the pop. Did it work? Like it was, you said he was really, really popular. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, if, if Sammy is being hated and they're leaning into it, I guess you had to make a face. I, I don't know why you make one of your decent heel groups sort of face. It still feels sort of awkward. 
Um, I mean, Lambert doesn't seem like a face. The America's Top Team doesn't feel like face. I mean, Paige Van Dance could look good looking enough. Ethan Page, I don't know how he fits into it, but whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. They weren't having any successes as, as heels, so might as well have some as, as faces. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, you know, part of it might be that they want to say they have a two-time African-American champion. I mean, that may be part of it, part of the PR war. But um, sure. I don't know. You know, I don't really mind a belt if it's going to be treated like the TV title to be hot potato. Titles like that that are defended so often, I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I mean, you know, I don't know what Guevara is doing next. I don't I don't know if he uh, – I, well, I have no idea. I don't know what he does next. Go to WWE? <laughs> well, I, I don't know what his contract status is, but I, I'm not really sure they'd be particularly interested. I mean, hopefully they could just call him Dominic Mysterio and get rid of Dominic. And Oh, know. shit. <laughs> Jeff, the last thing I've got for AW is um, Wrestling Inc. reported Naito in an interview mentioned that he has a dream match for Forbidden Door. Or, or I'm, I mean, he said one dream match for an AW uh, star, but it wasn't necessarily supposed to happen at Forbidden Door. But he said he wants Andrade. Okay. Are you shocked by... He out of all the names to pull in AEW, Andrade is the name you pull. I think in a vacuum the answer is yes. But if you were if you remember that that Naito is the leader of Los Ingobernables de Japón, and Andrade is one of the co-leaders of Los Ingobernables, it makes sense. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, no, it doesn't. I mean, I don't know that Naito's knees work anyway, but so, you know, that that may be a bigger problem. Do you think that uh, would be a good match, though? If Naito can, I mean, any match can be a good match if you make a story of it and you do it right. If it's just another Japanese strong style match, then I don't think so. I mean, I've heard that, that Naito's knees are shocked, and I don't know how you can put on a good match without knees. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't think Naito is Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you know, I, I don't know. I, you'd have to do a a very distinct type of match. I mean, it'd be interesting. I, I mean, I'm not. I don't think I'm buying that pay per view. So, um, you know. Uh, yeah, okay. I well, know. I hear you. I mean, you know, I, I you're going to have to cover that one solo. That's fine. I'll just. Domari uh, Gato. I'll watch it at somebody else's house. Um, your, your buddy George? Uh, yeah, sure. Jeff, any other AW news? Yeah, a couple things. One, R- Rampage schedule is going to be in flux for the next few weeks due to NBA, NBA and NHL playoffs. <laughs> I don't know why they just don't put them on True TV or something. And, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, just for this time, during this time. Um, also, Darius Martin, he's injured again. So that's why... Dante is being put in random shit uh-huh. and it's the same leg. So that's obviously problematic. Joey Janela confirmed that his contract expires on Sunday. So I guess he hasn't been non-renewed as of yet. That's just being expected. So expect that to be reported four more times between now and Sunday. I assume also there's going to be several other people whose contracts are uh, expiring at or around the same date. I mean, I think Sonny Kiss was around the same time. 
Uh, Kip Sabian and, and Penelope Ford, I think, were hired around the same time as, as probably a few others. Um, I I don't know the status of some of the other. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Pac or Penta or Phoenix or Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy. I assume they've all been extended or all will be extended. I mean, they're not a publicly traded company, so they don't have to announce things, but they generally do announce extensions. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Maybe I just forgot some of these stories. Um, there is one thing that might be sort of major. The the new Discovery Media exec has been making a lot of comments. Nothing about wrestling at all, but one said no scripted shows. So, of course, wrestling fans are like, well, wrestling scripted. So, uh, you know, so goodbye, AEW. It's a scripted show, no scripted shows. That's I doubt very, very much that's what the, the, the executive was talking about. I think they were talking about, like, dramas and comedy sitcoms that have scripts and, and writers and things like that. I don't think they were talking about, he was talking about wrestling. I, I, I'm i sure in his heart of hearts he knows wrestling is predetermined, but probably doesn't consider it to be scripted. He, he probably is making a distinction between scripted shows, sports, and reality shows as, as mm-hmm. different categories. Um, but he did say something, you know, and, and again, this this follows up last week where he was talking about $3 billion in in budget cuts, and he has reiterated that, now with the same numbers, but um, you know, he's been talking about making cuts. So they're, you know, it's starting to give, you know, I've been saying that AW can be in the black just if they got a renewal that was proportionate to their viewership as WWE gets for raw from, from NBC universal Comcast, you know, just that one contract would be enough if it was just proportionate dollars viewer for viewer. <clears throat> you mean less likely that that's going to be the case? Doesn't mean they don't get a raise. Doesn't mean they don't get a significant raise. But it certainly doesn't sound like this guy wants to spend more money on, on stuff. You know, especially Rampage and the Saturday Night Show that don't seem to be performing better than reruns of of sitcoms. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they're probably happy with Dynamite. Um, I don't, you know, you know, the bang for the buck. But uh, there's also an interesting advertising split there. So I don't know if they'd want to touch on that. Anyway, it's just it's if if I was AW, I'd be a little bit worried. And you've heard wrestlers, Matt Hardy, I think one of the FTR who never shut up. By the way, uh, the the story that that, uh, that that they might go to WWE and WWE might be interested in them apparently it was debunked. WWE said that we don't have any interest in them. And why would they? They never shut up. They're like Cody. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but Tony sells merchandise. Right. Well, the well, speaking of Tony, Tony Khan and, and Matt Hardy and some others said, well, we, we, we think our product's good enough. I don't, I don't think we'd have any trouble finding any other TV. Okay, if that's the case, how come you don't have a deal for Ring of Honor yet? Um, Oof. You know, so, all right. Uh, also on AW is that next week, Deanna Perrazzo, the Ring of Honor world champion who works for Impact Wrestling, will be on Dynamite defending her title against the Ring of Honor interim women's champion, Mercedes Martinez, who works for AEW. So, you know, this is the other one I got wrong. I I, I said that Impact and AEW will never work together again, or at least not in the near term, and that one day we'll just either hear or never hear. You know, we'll hear that the, the title got stripped from Deanna Perrazzo. We'll just never hear about it again, and the, the Mercedes will have interim removed. But, no, there's going to be a match now. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Mercedes Martinez wins that that match to unify the belts. Um, you know, and then we never hear about it again. But 
I don't know. I've, I've been wrong about this so far all along. So it's probably smart money to bet against me. But nevertheless, my prediction is Mercedes Martinez next week becomes the one and only Ring of Honor World's Women Champion. Okay. So that, that's it for my AEW news. Um, I think there were two other title changes at the Impact pay-per-view, but for the life of me, I don't know what they were. So, uh, Neither do I. I think Matt Cardona is still the digital media champion. Um, Thank God. I know he's still the NWA world champion. As he should be. I mean, the guy is, is the hottest thing in indie wrestling, and he, as he should be. Do you feel like indie wrestling overall is sort of cooling down, though? Um, yeah, I and yes and no. I feel like indie wrestling is there's still a niche for it, but again, that's what it is—is is a niche. Like, it's just the same people that are really excited for it. Yeah, I think you you might be right about that, but I feel like with like the main promotions touring again and touring actively, that you know, it, it sort of taking the money and the, the, the oxygen away from indie wrestling. I mean, you asked about Terminus a few weeks ago. I've looked. I can't find anything on the Terminus show. I keep <laughs> asking about Control Your Narrative, and I know that they have shows booked, but I can't hear anything about the past shows. I don't know about buys. I don't know about attendance. Uh, I'm not really sure if the new if, if the future shows are happening. Uh, every, you know, everything seems up in the air. Adam Scherer seems to be babbling a whole lot less. EC3 seems to be babbling a whole lot less. Um, just everyone seems quiet. All, all these like sort of like new, like big indie promotions that were, you know, sort of going to explode. Yeah. Don't, you know, seem to have fizzled, uh, which is really not a shocker, but it's a little bit of a shocker. All right. Ratings. Impact last week. Yeah. Back on its downward spiral, maybe tomorrow night will change it, but it lost 11,000 down to 112,000 from 123,000. New Japan Pro Wrestling surged up 1,000 from 50,000 to 51,000. Smackdown, yeah, what was right. Smackdown lost almost 200,000 viewers, 1.952. Rampage went up 36,000 to 518,000. Raw went down by 34,000 to 1,613. NXT went up by 8,577. WWE Evil uh, had its lowest showing yet, though highest in the demo for people who care about that. Uh, <laughs> the interesting, the reason I'm reporting it, first of all, it was 263,000, but the reason I'm talking about it is because it was the Hulk Hogan one, and you know a lot of people in this day and age don't really like Hulk Hogan any longer. Um, NWA 61,000 this week, last week 70,000, two weeks ago 91,000. MLW 69,000 this week, two weeks ago 131,000. Um, I'm sorry, one week ago 131,000. And well, it's it's now Thursday, so it's really a week ago, two weeks, and three weeks, weeks ago 71,000. The new episode comes out tonight, Thursday night. Um, AW Dark 241. 404, 259, Elevation, 289, 354, 305. So I don't know what it is about like two weeks ago that seemed to have a little bump. Maybe it was WrestleMania week or or the week after WrestleMania. That's um, what it was. Could be. New Japan Strong this week, 8,700. Last week, 7,200. And from two weeks ago, 
only up to 5,300. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be on a little bit of an upward spiral, but still down from their historic high of the of very recent history of, what was it, 12 or 13,000? So still pretty pitiful. And I haven't heard anything about Windy City riot buys or anything like that. So when you don't hear anything about buys, you know it's under 20,000. And anyone who tells you, well, it takes a while to get these numbers, no, it didn't. It took four days for them to tell us that, that Supercard of Honor did 20,000 buys. Right. Well, I think that, that that was a bullshit number too, but whatever. It, if they were even in the ballpark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They'll report right, anything that's over 10,000 usually, and they're not. Yep. So that's, that's probably all we need to know. Well, Jeff, I think we're uh, on record pace to end this podcast pretty early. Jeff, any final plugs? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, please cut out that movie shit. Um, <laughs> that was just nope. Oh god. Um, yeah. Um, Garden of Doom. Uh, I actually dropped two episodes this week, a bonus episode. So one was uh, with uh, Mike Hilliard from The Red Line. That's what the show is called. It's a geopolitical podcast. We talked about the future of warfare in space, the stands, Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the way Russia and China use hard and soft power in the world. And then the other one was with the Inhuman experience. The Inhumans were back, so I called it the Inhuman reunion, and we talked about the, of course, the, our favorite topic, the Anunnaki, etc., and some other stuff. Um, Garden Views this week was commercial law, which is business-to-business, -business, uh, credit and money-related law, and bankruptcy. So, And I just recorded a show this evening with an immigration lawyer where we talked about diplomatic uh, and other international immigration statuses as part of mm -hmm. my extrapolation to space law. So those are my plugs. I also did a lot of things with the PwC. Thanks. They're uploading our shows again, and they haven't the last three weeks. So thanks to Thank them. You. Thanks to Wrestling Soup. Um, I did some stuff with Channel Attitude and that Mark Media as well. So shout out to those guys. Also, Hameen Media Group. Um, and yeah, and thanks to Drew Yari Show. I did uh, one of his Patreon shows this week uh, with him. So uh, shout out to Drew. He's so, always very supportive. So thanks to him. And yeah, that, that's it. That, that, that's like all the energy I have for plugs. Very good. Thank you, Drew. I, I agree. Drew has been a great supporter of this uh podcast very from from the very inception so thank you yeah, drew you definitely have i want to thank all of you for listening uh we really appreciate it our our listenership has been growing steadfastly in the last few weeks leading up to wrestlemania and so if you are a new listener thank you for very much for tuning in giving us a chance and it appears by our numbers that they are staying. So if you are a listener, you just got in a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. Thank you for still sticking around. And for those that have been here since the very beginning, thank you so much. Um, vote. Vote if you want to hear Steve's rambling movie ideas or if you want me to read from The Lost Book of King Og. Oh, my God. It's just that's so riveting. I think that they're going to be like, can I pick Watch Impact? I think it's going to be 12 to 1 in favor of King Hog. You're a fucking out of your mind. Nobody wants to hear you read that stupid book. They want to hear about my revenge pick of Penta El Cero Miedo fighting Most Tony Khan. Listeners vote. Settle this dispute via democracy. And you can follow us at, at HammerlockHO or go to the Hammerlock Hangover Facebook page. Let your opinions be, be known. You can follow this one or that one at, at Big Daddy Cool. And you can follow me if you want at Icarus Fell MD. 
That's right. Wow, you said you you've said it all, Jeff. I think I know, I'm taking your job. I, I have to work towards a solo show because the, 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 these movie rambling things. I don't know. Oh my god! Listen, that's what's going to get us over. It's going to be that the Batman review and the iconics, the jokes. And let, let me know. Let I just need you to know that right now the order of your replacement is Jessica McKay, Cassie Lee, Lily, 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 Lily. Lily, Lily, Pharaoh. Pharaoh. All eighteen of your children. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I better, I better uh, get to it, guys. Thanks for listening again, and much appreciated, guys. That's it. That's a week. Enjoy wrestling and enjoy the week, and stay safe, everybody. Or stay evil, my friends.